Welcome, and thanks for joining with AIP, the American Institute of Pyramid Research. We study pyramids around the world, especially in Egypt, with the belief they hold special wisdom. Please subscribe to our channel as we uncover long hidden secrets, explain sacred symbols, and demystify the world's greatest mysteries. Well, thanks for coming out to our channel. I want to continue looking at the air shafts of the Great Pyramid and how they could relate to a prophecy about a future crisis. So the first indication is that we've seen that these uh, northern shafts coming out of the Kings and Queens Chamber cross, and they don't have to. The designers could have done it different. Now, uh, the cross or the chiasmus in Greek, there's the Greek word crisis, which means like our English word crisis. It can be a turning point or a judgment. So the crossing can symbolize that. That could be a reason here. It's, it's pointing out to us, you know, in symbol, hey, there's a crisis. And we talked about how the pointing to two different stars at two different times seemed uh, that, that could be something the designers were trying to tell us, but it seems like something else is called for. And Gary Osborne in, in his book, The Giza Prophecy, suggests that Alni Tak could be pointed to by both shafts. We know that the uh, southern shaft of the king's chamber points to Alni Tak, but Osborne suggests that also that, that uh, southern shaft coming out of the queen's chamber. Now, one way this could make sense is that often we're just told that the, uh, uh, the air shaft points to, uh, the southern air shaft points to the constellation Orion. But it specifically points to the star uh, Alni Tak. And one thing about Alni Tak uh, the figure of speech called the synecdoche is where you use the part for the whole. You know, they say, give me a head count. You know, there's, uh, well, we don't want to count people's heads. We, we want to know how many people there are. The head is used to symbolize the whole person. And al-nitak, in its uh, ancient meanings, is meant to refer to all of Orion. So al-nitak, even though it's only one star in Orion, is meant by, you know, ancient... Uh, translations to stand for the whole. So that's another reason that uh, Alni Tak could be the one pointed to there. Now, you know, if there was a pole shift, is what we suggested last time, because the, that's what we think the, the two, two shafts pointing to the, the same star could indicate. Uh, W.B. Wright says, among the theories that have been brought forth to account for the phenomena of the Ice Age, there's not a single one which meets the facts of the case. So the concept of the Ice Ages, which is established in science as one of the most definite facts, serves also as a foundation for the theory of evolution, has no good explanation itself. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people are coming to the, uh, you know, asteroids hitting the Earth, but that there's a lot of things that are not explained just by that. Uh, why didn't the Ice Ages come to the coldest places on Earth? Why in temperate latitudes? Why in the remotest past uh, in, into India and, and Brazil, for instance? What about location of coal beds? What about formation of mountains? So again, what caused the ice ages? Was, was it this uh, air, air flow that was one of the big theories today? Volcanic eruptions, cosmic or asteroid collisions, planetary flybys. That's, that's a, th a thought that uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky brought. Now, Velikovsky was brilliant. He was like a da Vinci. It, the, his books, which were written in the 50s, Worlds in Collision, Earth in Upheaval, Ages, Ages in Chaos, really shook the academic world. 
and uh, eventually people that sided with Velikovsky were removed from academia. As a matter of fact, when, when Worlds in Collision was, uh, went to be published, Harlow Shapley from Harvard, without really fully reading the book, went to the publisher and got it stopped from publication, threatening that all kinds of textbooks wouldn't go to that publisher. So what was used to shut Velikovsky down was power. It wasn't overcoming his arguments because he predicted many things before they happened. For instance, uh, the electrical currents on Jupiter, the, the warm temperature that would be on Venus. And he did this by studying ancient history and then moving into uh, you know, archaeoastronomy. So, uh, here's Velikovsky. The story persists too. The story persists among the Redskins, it persisted among the Mayas, at the time when the continent was first conquered, the Mexico part of it. So he talks about how the Mayans talked about these planetary collisions as real things and he he mentions people all around the globe that did so again looking toward answers uh, to the the explanation for the cross and in, in the air shafts and the, the different times again we've suggested there was an earth pole shift okay this could happen a couple ways it could happen if you can see from the picture here you keep the same spin axis but the the continents move so that's kind of you know a shifting a shifting of the, of the continental shelf or, or whatever. Or you could just simply have the whole Earth turns and changes its tilt. Both would have the same kind of effects. And both were considered really impossible by uh, astronomy in the time of Velikovsky. But Velikovsky said that there's evidence that this happened. And he went to accounts on Earth. He didn't just look at, uh, you know, cosmogony. He, and uh, so, again... The story of human memory of catastrophes that took place in historical times but strangely despite the fact that they were described in so many sources as if non-existent for the scientific world okay so you know that that's that's such an important point Velikovsky points out that it's in all these legends it's in the legends you know from ancient mesopotamia from from the mayans and so uh, researchers just treat that as well, that's just mythical, but, but Velikovsky talked about the collective unconscious, that, that when those things happen, think about what the, the memory of people would be if there was a sudden pole shift and everything, you know, fell apart, collapsed, most of their family died, all that kind of thing. That'd be a, a, it'd be a, a scarred memory, and, he, and uh, Velikovsky was a student of Freud. And uh, Einstein, uh, accepted, ended up accepting his theory. So it, 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 his, the fact that most people haven't heard of Velikovsky is for the same reason that pharaohs used to, you know, X off the name of, names of pharaohs before them on monuments. There was like a huge jealousy of Velikovsky. All the things that he talked about are now, you know, coming to fruition. So we talked about how uh, while the Great Pyramid reveals these angles that we, we know uh, exist in terms of our the, the tilt of the Earth's axis and stuff, it would why would it give us things we already know it was th those those revelations in the pyramid were meant for those of us who would come at a time where we know them but it would seem to be predicting more we talked about that so uh osborne in the book i mentioned uh the uh, giza prophecy talks about dr flavio barbiero who talks about 
the uh, a pole shift could happen from an asteroid impact, and he gives the physical evidence and uh, the, the physics to show how it could be true. So a pole shift happened when Alni Tak hit 39 degrees. You know the angle coming out of the uh, the Queen's chamber uh, air shaft, and so you know Alni Tak. This is where it shifted to. In other words. If those are both pointing to Al-Nitak at the same time, quote-unquote, the only way that could happen is if the Great Pyramid is revealing things about the pole shift. Okay, so uh, it could be revealing the time it happened. If those both pointed to Al-Nitak, both the, the King's Chamber and the Queen's Chamber air shafts, then it would be saying, you know, conflate these two times. Now, I'm still working on this, but I'm taking what Gary Osborne has said in, in, the, uh, in the Giza Prophecy. He quotes uh, George F. Dodwell, and he, he talks about how he's gathered a ton of data on measurements of the Earth's tilt from a wide variety of ancient sources, sort of the way that Velikovsky did. And uh, except Dodwell's, you know, the researcher now that's not been banned like Velikovsky has been. And he shows that the Earth's tilt was 26.5 degrees in historical times. Well, it's interesting that the Great Pyramid reveals both the 23.5 and that uh, more ancient 26.5 because a line that goes directly from the center of the Queen's Chamber through the center of the King's Chamber, that's the one that's 23.5 degrees. But if you go to the floor of the Queen's Chamber and then the center of the King's Chamber, it's 26.5. So again, the Great Pyramid has the 26.5 degrees that Dodwell says he's got tremendous data to show that that's what the ancients said the, that the, 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 uh, what the axis was. And so the practical effect of a pole shift, besides all the catastrophic effects it would have, would change the position of all stars relative to the Earth. You know, thus the Great Pyramid pointing to Al-Nitak. So Al-Nitak moved from one part of the sky to another part of the sky right when the pole shift happened. And those air shafts point to that. That's what they're trying to tell us. So Osborne says that astronomical time moved from 3980 B.C. to 2345 B.C. in one chronological day or in a short period of time, maybe in an hour. Maybe it took a week. I don't know. Uh, so uh, Osborne and Crichton saying the Giza prophecy there was a loss of precession time quote on the order of between 1350 and 1600 years so uh, Doug and it's interesting some more recent work by Doug Edinger in a piece he wrote called the enigma of the Giza pyramids of Egypt it's kind of another way of getting at the same thing he points out how the angle in relationship to north of the three belt stars of Orion is 62 degrees from north. And he said it's amazing more people didn't use this fact to try and, you know, condemn Baval's Orion correlation theory because the pyramids are currently at a 43 degrees from north alignment. And so that would be a way to say, hey, these this Orion up above, as above, so below, that's not happening because it's 60 degrees. But what, what uh, Edinger shows is that there was a, a shift of the Giza soil. And he shows what the, what the true north was in the past and what it is in the present. And he actually reconciles the uh, Orion constellation orientation with the orientation on Giza based on uh, elements that are 
in the geometry of Giza. So it's another way of saying that Giza is giving us a prophecy of a, of a pole shift that took place. And so uh, to me, these are incredible. So, you know, I've talked about the work of Edinger and uh, the work of Osborne and Crichton uh, in uh, the Giza prophecy. Uh, I'm not, I, I, so I agree in principle with what they're doing. I haven't worked out for myself what I think the exact shift might be. And the further question of if the Great Pyramid is revealing that shift, shouldn't it be warning us of another one based on what we know about what the Great Pyramid is supposed to be, the Pillar of Enoch. Well, listen, if you're interested in these things, uh, you know, I'm putting together an adventurer's tour for April. Uh, I'm getting ready to stick it out on the website, but, you know, it's going to be uh, looking more than a casual, you know, tour of Egypt, uh, kind of an in-depth tour of some of the things that I talk about uh, on, on this channel. And then we're going to have a more traditional tour in November because it's always fun to you know cruise down the Nile and, and see Egypt and all its glory from the past. Uh, get our book, you know, the Orion Correlation Theory, Enoch. And uh, boy, it'd be nice if you could help uh, support this channel on Patreon. The links are down below. Uh, every little nickel helps. So thanks for watching and uh, stay tuned.